old vibes. <laughs> Welcome back to the Nas Society Podcast after dark. Back up in here, flavor in your ear, man. What's up, y'all? Y'all good? Y'all know the vibes, man. Y'all know how we do it, man. Thank you for tuning in to another fire episode. Y'all already know what we're going to do here. If this is your first time following the show, sit back, man. Get something to sip on, smoke on or whatever. Uh, wherever you at right now, if you on the way to work, if you're at the gym, whatever it is, you're catching the vibe, man. Tune in with me, man. Rock, rock with me. You know, uh, we're going to talk this good stuff. We're going to get some more of this book. We're going to almost catch y'all up on a lot of stuff, man. So, get whatever you need to get, man. About to be another great show, man. I hope y'all been good out here, man. It's a lot of crazy shit cracking in this world. But if you're listening, I know you're safe. That's all that matters, right? <laughs> so, let's get it, man. Turn up the stereo as we turn down the stereotype. Be right back. N A S S O C I E T Y. Not Society Podcast After Dark, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another great episode of the Society Podcast, man. Uh, Reggie moving forward. Want to thank everybody for tuning in. Listen, man, we have a lot to talk about, but we. Definitely going to get into the book. Uh, first time, if this is your first time checking out the show, uh, the last couple episodes, we are in a series mode where we're breaking down chapter by chapter of my book, The Pursuit of Moving Forward, uh, which highlights uh, my story uh, about a lot of things I've been through and everything like that. But I want to talk about something before we get started with that. We left off on chapter five and six last show, which was pretty emotional. Thank you guys for um, reaching out um, about last episode. That was tough to read about my mom. Um, you know, everybody that reached out about that to, to me, um, I appreciate the love and support, man. We're going to get into some more of the book, chapter seven and chapter eight, which is, yeah, you're not going to expect it. Trust me. <laughs> But it's um, definitely some good convo. But I want to get to something else before we get started with that, right? But before we talk about that, let's take care of the business part of it, right? So if this is your first time checking out the show, which is probably not. Most of you guys already follow me. Or if this is your first time, welcome. I appreciate you listening, right? Um, name is Reggie. Reggie Moving Forward. You can go out. was what I go by. Um, I am... Uh, public speaker. I do podcasts. Uh, I do interviews with different um, shows, do voiceover work, travel a little bit, doing things. Um, I'm a guy that's not really trying to, um, I'm not really trying to be big, but I'm trying to be big. I don't know if that makes sense, right? So, let me explain that a little bit. I'm not really trying to gain stardom. You know, I'm not trying to really be um, in the scenes like that. I'm trying to make an impact in the world. I'm trying to be remembered. I'm trying to leave a legacy. You know, I'm trying to build a blueprint. You know, I want to be remembered. Um, and because I'm genuine, I have a, I have a genuine heart. I really feel like I am special, you know, um, I really can't put my finger on how to explain it, but I feel like everybody's here on this earth for a reason, you know, in a purpose. Um, but I feel like I am here for a bigger purpose, you know, like, I feel like I am here to leave a mark and then it's going to be time for me to go. You see what I'm saying? Like, I don't, I know that sounds weird, um, and look, I want to live a long time, a long, long time, but I, I'm telling you, there's something that I, it's like a spirit. God, God is like telling me that I have you here to make this happen, to do this, to do that. And I feel like I'm gonna live a long life, but, um, I'm here for a reason. But anyway, um, so yeah, that's what I do. Um, 
I do some voiceover work. Like I say, I do a lot of work with the radio. Um, actually, I got a huge, I just found out today, got a huge uh, opportunity to do some work with a very, 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 very notable radio station here in Chicago, Illinois. Uh, so that's going to be coming up soon. I'm going to announce that uh, pretty soon. I don't really want to give out the whole details of it just yet, but it's going to be pretty big. So shout out to that. Um, but yeah, so that's what I do. The thinking outside the box was... Uh, on Indie TV Network, uh, with Indy, um, we've been doing a lot of good work over there. We're in season three. Uh, last show we did, did huge numbers, man. So shout out to the network over there. Shout out to B. Scholar, Moolah Monster, Holy Grind, Builder, Producer, uh, Raj, all them people over there that be doing good things over there with the network, right? Uh, we're going to be doing another show next Tuesday. Be sure you tune in on Indie TV Network, or you can follow me on Reggie Moving Forward on Facebook as we go live on Facebook. We're going to be on YouTube as well at TOTV underscore show, so be sure you follow out the show over there. Um, then we're doing the uh, Bars and Buckets podcast, which is a new show, maybe a month old, two months old or whatever, but a lot of great, we got a lot of followers over there, surprisingly. I'm, I'm, I mean, not surprisingly, but the, the number of people that follow the show sports guys um some women too but mainly sports guys bars and buckets is a show that caters towards hip-hop rap and sports you know we talk about that we 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 on the show we 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 have drinks we we take free throws which is actually a shot you know a shot i call so but it's all in good fun man we talk about real topics um that's going on in the sports um controversial things that's going on in hip-hop and it's a brotherhood, man. We talk about real life things as well, man. So be sure to follow Bars and Buckets podcast on YouTube, on Instagram, on Facebook. Um, like I said, man, it's a really dope show, man. I enjoy it. Then I have this show, Nas. Uh, Nas stands for not a statistic, and it is my baby. This is something that I couldn't imagine myself not doing. You know, I started this two years ago. Um, and it's been um, up and down as far as the content because I would have live shows where I would have three or four people on talking about sex and relationships and infidelity and all that stuff, man. And we got a huge you know, n- a number of supporters there, um, which and I think I'll eventually end up getting back to some kind of sense of that. We did shows at hookah spots, shows at people cribs, like, it, you know, I was all over the place, but um, I feel like now that I'm in this series trying to break down the book and it's more intimate, um, I value it more, you know, because it's it's more of a one-on-one connection that I have with you guys, and it's more of like a self kind of like healing thing, you know, not like a journal, but it's like when I can talk, you know, and one thing about me, I'm a talker. You know, I like to communicate. I like to talk to people. I like to, I'm very comfortable, comfortable in um, a large setting, like a group of people are talking, you know, so um, I can hold, it's just me on here talking, so I can hold a conversation with myself, so to speak, which is kind of weird, right? Uh, But yeah, I love this show. Thank you guys that's been rocking with me for over the years or the months, however long you've been tuning in. Um, I get my shout outs individually towards the end of the show, the people that's been rocking with me, man, so uh, we'll do that later, but... That's that. So, this is one of what this is what I want to talk about before we hop into the pursuit of moving forward, chapter seven and chapter eight, which is going to be heavy, heavy, heavy work, man. Scary hours, and we'll talk about that in a while. But uh, this is what I want to talk about first, right? Let me take my sip. I hope you guys guys got your sip or whatever. If you're at the crib chilling or whatever you're doing, hope you got something that you can kind of like put yourself in a nice little mode, right? So let me take a sip. Okay, so this is what I want to talk about first before we jump into all the main topic. Um, so we live in a world where <clears throat> um, I feel like everybody, if not everybody, most, which I would say probably 85 to 90 <clears> percent. <throat> 85 or 90% of people want 
to be in a relationship with someone. Well, even deeper than that, every 85 to 90 percent of people want companionship. They want longevity. They want to feel like they're somebody's person. You know, they want to feel special. They want to feel wanted. They want to feel like they're valued. They want to feel unique. They want to feel set aside like they're different than everybody else with their partner, right? People want love. People want happiness, success. You know, they want to feel protected. They want comfort. They want um, a, a subtle type of nuances that brings comfort and safety and make you feel secure. You know, um, there's a lot of people in this world, hundreds of millions, and it's a lot of people in this world. Um, so I, I say that to say, to find the companion that's for you is not easy. It's, it's possible. But to find that one person that is made for you, that is compatible to be with only you, it's hard. It's like finding the perfect job that, you know, you want to retire from. You know, you go through a whole bunch of interviews, you go through a whole bunch of, you know, dead-end jobs and stuff like that until you find that one job that's like, I can spend my life doing this. I want to retire doing this, you know. Um, relationships is kind of similar. There's an instance where myself... Uh, um you know, in a couple months, I'll be 37 years old. Yeah, 37. So the Reggie at 37 thought differently when I was 27, right? When I was 27 years old, hell, I was kind of at a spot where, like, you know, I didn't want to be single. Oh, my guys is getting married and things like that, you know. So I was at a weird spot. But I know I wanted companionship but it's like I didn't really run a rush it like that um now I'm like I'm getting older I know what I want but I understand how hard it can be right I was listening to um shout out to uh you know my homegirl, I call her Angie. That's her nickname. But shout out to Shavin, um, Siobhan out there. Uh, she have a great podcast called Let's Be Great. Um, be sure you go check out that podcast. Man, she does a lot of great things over there. But um, I was checking out her podcast this morning. was listening to it. And she was talking about, you know, how hard it is to be in the world of wanting something. Feeling like you are... You know, you want to be loved. You want to be felt special. You want to be catered to, you know. Um, and she was mentioning how she feels like she's built. She's meant to be someone's wife, someone's, you know, life, you know, lifelong partner, you know, in this thing we call life. Um, and just listen to her. It made me realize that, uh, well, not realize because I kind of already knew, but there are people in this world um, that are really good people. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't, I mean, I, I say that that's, that's kind of a bland way to say it, but there are a lot of good women and good men in this world that genuinely wants love. You know, and that comes with no 
crazy shit. Like there's no games attached to it. There's no drama or no um, hidden agendas. They just purely want to love someone and they want to be loved the way that they love. You know, they want to spend their lives, their years, their months, their days, their moments with someone who they love and loves them back. You know, um, there's people out here that has a genuine heart that wants a family, that wants um, that companionship that you can't compare to any other experience that you had while dating. You know what I'm saying? Um, we live in a world where there's so many corrupt people out here that's out here dating for this reason or that reason or trying to get over or just want sex or just want money or just want a place to stay or just want, you know, clout or, you know, there's a lot of people that have hidden agendas. You know, some guys are out here knowing they're not trying to settle down. They just out here just trying to have sex with different women or they're just trying to live their best life. You know, not really trying to settle down. They just want to leave people on, and that's not cool. And then there's women out here that that's messing with guys who know that really like them, but they just mess with them because he got money, or because he has status, or because he does this or does that. You know, um, I feel like in this world, especially as you get older, there's a lot of people that needs and wants and deserves that companionship, that sincerity, that love, that unconditional support, that feeling that nobody else matters. You know, I think we need to bring that back. You know, as hard as it is to find that one person that makes you feel that way, I feel like we need to dedicate our time on the pursuit to find that person. You know what I'm saying? It's easy to meet a person that's attractive and you want to have sex with. I mean, you're going to find that 20 times out of the day, every day of your life. You know, I think we need to be more intentional in finding that person that we want to, you know, dedicate, invest our life with. You know, and that may be hard in the beginning because, like I said, there's a lot of snakes in the grass. You can't really tell who's who and who's what or whatever. But I feel like when you are intentional, it weeds out a lot of things that may come your way that you know that's not for you. You know, um, I know from, like I said, I've been through a situation where... I messed up, you know, I messed up where with someone that I knew was a great woman and, um, you know, I ended up losing that person. So I see things a little differently than uh, normal eyes, right? Sometimes when you lose stuff that you know what you had that was good, it makes you look at things differently moving forward. Moving forward, you can have a different appreciation, a different value factor of what's important. You know, it's fucked up that you have to lose something that was so good, that was there for you, that had your back to actually appreciate how rare that shit comes. And that goes for men and women. You know, you have to lose. Sometimes you have to lose that shit to really appreciate how rare it is to happen. So that way, next time it comes, you put your all into not making that mistake again so you won't lose it. And of course, that's unfortunate, but I think that happens more often than not that people want to admit, you know. So I'll say this before we take a break and we hop into the main topic. Um, Be more intentional in what you want. That goes for everybody, men, women, everything. Be more intentional. Fellas, if you know you at a spot and an age and a time and a mind frame where sex, you can have sex with anybody. You know, just, you, you know, you can hit any chick. 
but you want something deep. You know, you you want something more meaningful. You want to build longevity with someone that you care about. You want to finally meet that woman that, damn, ain't even ain't even worth losing Shorty over, man. I mean, I know Shorty thick or whatever, but ain't even worth losing my girl over. You know, if you want to find that woman, if you want to to run across that rare experience, because it's rare. Finding a good woman that love you and is loyal and that's got your back, you know what I'm saying, through everything is rare. It happens, but it's rare. You really got to be intentional in finding that. So when you do find it, you got to hold on to it. So be more intentional, guys. My man, my my brothers out there, man. This is for me talking. And I, you know, I've been through all the all the ups and downs of relationships. You know what I'm saying and Lost a lot of good, you know, a lot of good women. Um, um, be more intentional, man. You know what I'm saying? Like real shit. Be more intentional. If you know that's what you want, if you want something deeper, don't be so quick to try to hit her. You know what I'm saying? Have sex with her. Don't be so intentional to 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 talk freaky or anything like that. You know what I'm saying? Take the time to so into her mind. You know. Um, you know, fuck up by, you know, you know, doing something that thinking outside the box, you know, let's go to a museum so we can sit and talk or, you know, let's just, let's just go for a drive, man, because I just want to, you know, talk about your mind and see where you at, you know, invest in that person, you know, um, take the time to just really, really see where she's at, man, you know, be intentional about your intentions with her, you know. Um, because everything else will come, but the foundation of who you want to build with is something that you need to take the time to invest in in the beginning. You know, a lot of relationships fail because in the beginning, it's always the outside attraction that you stick on. You know, they're attractive, they're pretty, and got the body looking like this. So you sew into that part. Y'all may talk and kick it or whatever, but at the end of the game, it's like... The outside attraction is what you really want. And that's where nine times out of ten a relationship ultimately fails because you didn't sow into exactly what that person is, what they stand for, what they believe in, why they cry, why they laugh. You see what I'm saying? The things that last longer than a body. So invest in that. Women, same thing. Um, y'all have it harder, man, because, uh, like I said, women are in a world where most men just want to have sex and it's hard to decide which men don't, you know, automatically that which men want to take the time to get to know you. So, um, I strongly suggest that if you're not intentional while dating, get intentional, man, you know, don't be so quick to get a nigga some ass, you know? I mean, if that's what you want to do, okay. But I'm just saying like, you know, Stall them, you know, make them wait a while, you know, make them, you know, earn it, get to know you, you know, see what makes you, like I said, makes you happy, makes you cry, you know, find out about who you really are, you know, invest in you, you know what I'm saying, um, it's worth it to take the time to invest into being more intentional when it comes to dating, this is what I want. And this is what I'm going to take the time to see through. You know what I'm saying? You got to see it through, my boy. got to see it through, my sister. You got to see it through. I just wanted to talk about that, man, because I think that's big in our society. You know, a lot of relationships or interactions when dealing with people oftentimes in the same way. And it's because people aren't true to themselves about what they really want. You know what I'm saying? If you really want to be married, if you really want kids, if you really want a house, if you really want a family, you know, you have to be intentional about your wants in the beginning. Because that weeds out people that's not really trying to be intentional with you. You know, some people put on the front, don't get me wrong. 
So you have to be aware of that. But I, I promise you, if you are intentional with what you want in the beginning, men and women, it it lessens the chance of you wasting your time with someone who's not really for you. And that's just flat out one it. But okay, look, that's enough of that. We have some heavy chapters to get into, man. Chapter 7 and Chapter 8 of The Pursuit of Moving Forward, man. Please don't judge me after I read this shit, y'all. <laughs> uh, but we're going to be right back. Go pour up again, roll up again, whatever you need to do. It's actually 420, damn. It's amazing. Um, shout out to everybody that, uh, you know, that be doing anything for 420, man, you know, so... Maybe you appreciate the show even more now if you you, you getting your your roll on or whatever. So we will be right back. <laughs> See y'all in a minute. Do 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 do. All right, welcome back to the Not Study Podcast. All right, we are back talking about this good stuff. If you are new to the show. I wrote a book called The Pursuit of Moving Forward. It dropped early this year. Uh, you know, sold a lot of copies, man. Got a lot of support, man. So thank you guys for tuning in. So for the people that haven't uh, purchased it, you can get it on Amazon or Amazon Kindle, uh, Pursuit of Moving Forward. You can just look it up or you can reach me directly uh, on Facebook and Instagram and I'll get you a copy. Um, but I've been doing like more of an audiobook series, reading the chapters and Explaining some things. Um, so we're going to continue to get into it. Oh, shout out to the followers, man. Like the, the level of subscribers that's been, you know, subscribing to the show, listening to me um, every week, every other week. Uh, you know, I appreciate y'all, man. Like I said, I don't do this shit for the for the, um, for the followers. I just, it's, it's been something that I've been enjoying doing. It's more of like an outlet for me. Um, when I'm not doing the other shows, like I said, the other shows is more public in the scene where you can see my face or under the lights and cameras and microphones and all that stuff. But this is more personal. So I appreciate the people that follow this show. It's all love, man. You know, we're going to get wherever it's supposed to go. It's going to go. I never worry about that stuff, but I love my followers. I love you guys who rock with me. You know what I'm saying? So continue to keep that same energy. Uh, but yeah, like I said, man, it, it's growing rapidly. So I love y'all. So I, so that's what we're going to do. Last show, um, I finished off chapter six, reading about the death of my mom and how I found her and everything like that. And it was, it was pretty tough, pretty, pretty tough, uh, to read and relive, but I got through it. You guys helped me get through it, so I appreciate you guys for that. All right. Um, got a tattoo of my mom face on my neck. Uh about a month ago, maybe two months ago, but whatever. But um, you know, just relived a lot of those emotions and thoughts and things like that, man. So we're gonna pick up from there. All right. The end of chapter six was highlighting me and my mom's um bond and everything like that at uh at her funeral. I was talking about situations with my family, how I seen my father for the first time in years and um, how I got up to the podium and I gave a speech and just talked about um, everything, how me and my mom was, our connection, our bond and how things are going to be changed for me moving forward. Right. So that was the end of chapter six. Chapter seven starts by this. Nine years later so chapter seven starts nine years after my mom's funeral and it goes like this nine years later you may now kiss your beautiful bride everyone stands screams and claps Ladies and gentlemen, I introduce you to Mr. and Mrs. Reginald Coleman. <laughs> Everyone in the church stood to their feet and applauded as me and my new wife, Rochelle, stood smiling, both of us full of happiness. I mean, I, I could not believe that 
here I was after all I've been through over the years. I was married to someone so beautiful and so special that I, I had no doubt in my mind that I wanted to spend my life with her. After Mama passed away, me and my Rochelle, we, we kind of lost contact for some reason about eight years. I decided to look up on Facebook one day and that's how we reconnected. We hit it off so well and dated for about two months, but I didn't want to wait any longer and neither did she. So we decided to have a small ceremony at our church and we got married. I couldn't believe that I was married now. I mean, after all I've been through over the last 10 years, it has surely been a pursuit to find stability, happiness, love, success. After mom passed away shortly after, so did my grandfather to prostate cancer, which is hard. Then within a year, literally, my grandmother passed away from uterus cancer. Literally weeks after that, my auntie Gloria, my titi, passed away. And then followed by her, my uncle Jerry, met them all in heaven, and he passed away. Death had hit my family hard at a at a rapid pace, man, and I did not take it well. I felt that anyone I got close to passed away and I and I felt it as if it was my fault somehow. Some families go 20, sometimes 30 years without experiencing death. But my family, we, we went through it multiple times within a two-year time span. That put a huge hold in our foundation. Losing my granny and my grandfather was extra tough for me because I was close up under them. You know, I mean... Like every day, I was there taking care of them, and they took me in as a son and not just a grandson. Even when I was a little kid, I was always in front of them. And when I wasn't under my mom, it was definitely them. My auntie Gloria passed away when, and that was, that was kind of hard on all my family, not only because she was so sweet and kind, because it was literally weeks after my granny died. They were so close, man. And many people think that God just didn't want them together with my mom. He, I feel like God just really wanted them together with my mom because they all passed away so close. My cousin Sabrina and her daughter Jaleesa took it extra hard too, man. And me and my mom stayed with Titi Gloria for a while too, so... She was the sweetest woman I ever know, man. Definitely. My Uncle Jerry, man, listen. That death was so unexpected. Everybody loved him. He was just a funny, love, loving, well-known, respected man to all that knew him. I had gotten so close to him, and, and losing him definitely had me in my feelings. It just kept going on and on after that, man. And my auntie Bebe passed away, too. And that caused a big effect as well. Her and my Uncle Kenny was married. And they was married for a while, but ended up splitting. But, you know, that didn't stop nothing because she was always family to me. And she viewed me as the same. Lost in my thoughts, stopped. Started turning to liquor. Hard. I mean, some nights I'd actually drink more than I ate food. Yeah, man. Thoughts of death would put fear in me, you know, thinking that my my time was next. I used to be scared to go to sleep in fear of not waking up, so I'd drink until the whole bottle was gone. Gone to daylight. Scary hours, man. Scary hours. Drinking became so much of the norm that Nisha and I went from just hanging out to me getting her pregnant. Then again. And again. Okay, yes, I have three sons, all a year apart. 
Reggie Jr., Zion, and Israel. And I love them kids more than life itself. Me and Nisha, we would literally drink all night together and lay up, like all night. It resorted to a romantic connection, quote unquote. And although they're, they weren't playing, having them gave me a new outlook on life. And I wanted to focus on being a f- better father to them than my father was to me, you know, whom I still haven't seen to my mother's funeral, by the way. Me and these used to fight a lot, man. I mean, like toxic shit at its finest. It was all kind of look, it was it was tolerable up until this one particular Saturday night when I came home a little after three AM from hanging out. Really, Reggie, stop fucking playing with me. Where the fuck you been at? says Nisha. She loved cursing me, I don't know why. Now in my mind, I know that because I'm intoxicated. I'm either going to respond with the same energy and tone or I'm simply just going to ignore her and try to go to sleep. Yeah, I chose the latter. Nisha, look, man, I do not feel like this shit tonight. I told you I was going out. Now, can you please move so I can get past? I mean, damn, I'm tired. I can feel anger in her eyes as she continues to try to get an explanation out of me with no positive results. Oh, so so you just not trying to talk to me at all, huh? Just fuck me, huh, Reggie? Oh, that's how you feel? Okay, cool. I looked at the spit as it flew out of her mouth and headed towards my face. But I was so much in disbelief that I didn't even react in time to dodge it. This woman spit in my face. Everything in me wanted to lash out on and attack her, but I didn't want to hit this girl. I took a step back to wipe the spit off my face took another second to walk back up to her. Then I picked her up and I body slammed her on the front room table, breaking it. Yeah, I panicked. In a full rage mixed with intoxication, I then stood on top of the couch and flew off of it, giving her a flying elbow drop, which landed spot on to her chest. A bit unconventional, but... That was my reaction. Reggie Jr., who was two years old at the time, hearing the noise, he he came out the room and and saw me flying off the couch and, you know, thinking thinking that we was playing. He he then climbed on top of the couch and gave his mom another flying elbow drop. (laughs) I actually think his hurt just as much as mine. After realizing she slept with a butcher knife underneath the pillow after that night, I soon moved out. Yeah, that was probably the end of our shit. Like I said, toxic shit at its finest. About seven years ago, Nisha decided to move to Iowa for a fresh start. And because I didn't want to go, she took my boys and put her... uh, She took my boys plus her daughter she had before and just left. I felt kind of lost and abandoned, man. I ain't gonna lie. Yeah, I mean, I had some family here in Chicago, but I've been feeling like a burden for so long and I no longer wanted to have that burden label on me by staying with family and friends. So my pride made me sleep on trains and parks and little shelters for months. But mainly it was the trains, man, because I sit and just look out the window. Yeah, there's something about standing out the window that's just so peaceful, so calm, and that puts my thoughts at ease. Almost as if for that split second, life is beautiful. 
So that would keep me at some level of peace. Nobody knew that I was sleeping on trains all night. I just told my friends and my family that I was laid up with some chick. It was definitely a hard time. Pride was messing with me big time, and I was ended up homeless, you know, trying to find my way. I bounced from job to job. I got tired of worrying about getting robbed on the train, so I went from family member house to friend's house, just like it was when I was growing up with my mom. The, the pursuit was definitely in full effect. I finally put my pride aside, though, and stayed with Monique and her husband, and they they made me feel welcome, you know? I stayed with them up until I met Rochelle, and now that we're married, I'm going to live with her and her son, Tawan, in the apartment, and, and start a wonderful family. But, oh, there is, there is this one issue. An issue that... I'd hoped I could avoid and would never face again. Oh, shit. Okay, let me pour up again before I explain. It's going to be tough. Be right back, y'all. Flashback memory. I met Jay while I was living with Monique and her husband, Mike. She was a much older lady who stayed on the same block a few houses down with her kids. Mike was a local flag football coach and her son played on the same team and that's how we met. We seemed to have a casual conversation because I assisted Mike in coaching the team and because her and her kids one son who played on the team, mind you. Um, two twin teenage daughters and one daughter in her mid-twenties. They all treated Mike like family. They also welcomed me as well. As the football season went on and we all became close and spent time together for barbecues and small outings until one day when the football season was over and me and Jay had quite an interesting conversation. She said, well, it's Saturday, Mr. Reginald, and I know you'll be partying hard and drinking a lot down there, so be safe and don't get in any trouble. Me and her, we often had small house parties at, at Mike and Mo's house. Um, Mike and Mo were both Greek in both in a Greek fraternity and sorority, along with Mark, to which I I eventually joined as well. I responded back to Jay saying, "Yeah, I'm pretty sure I'll have a good time, but I'll try not to drink too much. What trouble could I possibly get into here?" She responded by text, "You know, trouble with them girls and and whatnot." I responded back. No, I'll be too busy chilling, you know. I won't even be paying them any attention. She responded back, yeah, right, Reginald. I responded, I'm serious. Watch, I'm going to be texting you all night. She responded, all night? Boy, please, you're going to be drunk and I'll be the last thing on your mind. I simply responded, watch. Just see and watch. That night I had gotten just as drunk as normal, but I couldn't help but to think of that look they gave me earlier. You know, it was like she wanted me or something. I don't know, maybe it was the liquor, but I was really curious to see what that meant. Like I mentioned, she was older. I mean, in her maybe early 50s, maybe, you know. But her body was Flawless. I'm talking about curves, and she didn't even look her age. A simple text started from, hey, I told you I text you. How are you? End up going to, have you ever been with an older woman? 
crazy, right? Maybe it was a mixture between the liquor and my curious mind, but we ended up meeting at a hotel that night. It felt a little weird in the beginning, but the more we laughed and loosened up, we were all over each other. Ever since then, I was always at her house. Her kids eventually picked up on the fact that we were messing around, but we were all so cool, you know, almost like family, and it was never a big deal. So I ended up moving out of Monique and Mike's house and moving down the street into Jay's house with her and her kids. Oftentimes... Uh, in uh, in life, a person may tend to be on a search for stability in all its forms. But when they have a history of instability in regards to being uncomfortable or being comfortable in one place or one relationship, they are more inclined to go full force and once they encounter what may seem like an interconnection in the early stages, beware of being this person and or receiving this person. Things were going pretty smoothly. And for the first time, I felt like I had some stability in life. You know, it was crazy because JK has looked at me as like a big brother, you know, we always laugh and crack jokes on each other, and Jay treated me like I was a king. You know, she she wasn't rich, but money was never an issue with her. She had retired from nursing and also won a, a little settlement a couple of years back, so she always made sure I didn't want for nothing. The stability, both financial and living-wise, that was provided was something I both needed and wanted for a long time. We had a great connection sexually. We could laugh and talk about anything, but in the back of my mind, I knew it was something missing, man. As much as I wanted to ignore it, our age difference was, it was an issue for me. I enjoyed and actually grown to love the family feel I had with her and her kids. And I'd be crazy to give that up to start all over on a pursuit. So I stayed and continued to embrace being the boyfriend of an older lady who I cared about. And I just forget about the idea of being married, happy, and one day having another child. I put that all out of my mind until one day I went on Facebook and typed in a search bar, Rochelle Hill. Chapter 8. Moving in with Rochelle and her son felt good, but at the same time, I knew that it would be a huge change I would have to get accustomed to because the lifestyle I had with Jay was night and day. She was so settled and established that living with her and her kids just felt like an easy life. I mean, yeah, we we had fun and <clears throat> became close, but once I got back, we connected with Rochelle. Everything changed. Something, I mean, she was someone I could see myself growing old with. You know, Rochelle, her beauty made me quickly changed my mind and my whole plans. Neither one of us had any money working working minimum wage jobs, so we didn't have ex an expensive wedding at all. I mean, literally less than $1,000. But somehow we made it all work, and now here we are living the dream. It's what I always wanted, Right? We would enjoy fun times together and her spiritual life was another key that drew me to her because I really wanted to get closer to God, you know. Growing up in a Christian family, I always knew that I loved God and, and Jesus, but 
this was the first time in my life I felt a connection with Christ. I still have my slips and falls, but being married to a woman who's always been on fire for Jesus inspired me to know him more, you know? I even remember one time, Rochelle, <laughs> there was a lot of violence and drug activity happening on the block where we live. So Rochelle took some anointing oil and, and went outside to sprinkle oil all over the block and, and pray for the people that were standing outside. Now, come on, man. How could you not look at that and, and thank God for this type of woman? Things with me and her weren't always good, though. But as we was figuring out, as we went, there was still a nagging situation I felt terrible. I felt terrible about, and that was just the way I did, Jay. I was so much of a coward that not only did I did I not only did I not tell Jay I got back reconnected with Rochelle and we got married. I even made up a lie and told her I was going overseas to go play basketball. <laughs> so actually the day I packed my things and left Jay's new house that she had just bought uh, was the day before my wedding, which was my bachelor party. It's a pretty fucked up thing to do, right? I know it was. I didn't enjoy it, man, but it, it wasn't, it just wasn't, I just wasn't man enough to be honest, to be honest with you. I wasn't man enough and I regret that. Michelle, Rochelle had, had a back and forth argument with me one day and we had one of our many arguments. You need to cut that game off and come to bed, Reggie. That's the reason the damn light bill is so high now. Yeah, like I said, me and Rochelle have been kind of beefing back and forth today. But because I... Okay, so this is what happened. Last night, I used the car to go play basketball. And she claimed I didn't put gas in it, which I did. I mean, it was only $5, but shit, that's something. So I said to her, look, first of all, I'm grown as hell. I'm not Tawan. You can tell him when to turn the video game off and when to go to bed, not me. Second of all, what the hell did the light bill have to do with anything? We already paid it. I didn't even look at her while I was talking, totally focused on playing NBA 2K. She responded, you are grown as hell yet. You are here playing a video game? They don't add up to me, Reggie. Tawan is a child, so you basically are saying you are a child too. And I paid the light bill. And this game is why it's so high. I knew it was a bad idea for me to just pay the cable bill and and, and give her money towards the rent. She surely threw that in my face. All the bills was in her name. I knew that was coming. <sighs> Rochelle, go somewhere, man. You are trying to argue over something petty. Just like last night about the gas tank. I brought your car back with the same amount of gas that was in there when I left. Totally ignore me at this point. She just reached over and unplugged the game from the wall and then went into the room. <laughs> Full of anger. I just sat there in my thoughts and went to go look out the window. I looked up I looked at my phone and I got a text from my little cousin who was more like my little sister Jasmine. The message from Jasmine said Hey big bro. Didn't want anything. Hadn't heard from you, so I was just checking in. Call me sometime. I love you. I then saw I had three more unread messages. All from Jay. First message was, Hey, I miss you. Sent at 
8.54 p.m. Next message. Hey, I finally got the house how I want it. I hooked the basement up real nice for you, and we put the basketball court in the backyard since 5.31 p.m. The last message she sent. The kids told me to tell you they love your big head. And Spider said, when you get back, he's going to finally beat you in basketball. We already miss you since 7.45 p.m. I closed my phone and continued to look out the window. Rochelle had walked out the bedroom into the kitchen and without even looking at me, she just walked back into the room and shut the door. I opened my phone and proceeded to send two text messages. First message to Lil Sis. Hey Lil Sis, sorry I, I've been a little ghost lately. I'll catch you up on things and we just got to catch up in general, but I'll call you as soon as I can. I love you more. Next test message was to Jay. Hey, uh, I'll be in town soon. I definitely need a break. I miss you guys too. I'll see you soon. Put my phone on the charger and laid down on the couch. When did I become this type of guy? This is not the guy that I ever wanted. I ever wanted to be. I am truly living two different lives. It's really not a good feeling, you know. I really hate hurting people. Lord help me. I started to regret moving so fast to get married and miss the lifestyle I had with Jay. I mean, the family feels the security financially and stability and all that was over now. Living with Rochelle was my life now. And to be honest, I felt like shit, the way I was doing my wife, I didn't like it. I didn't get married to be a damn cheater and a damn liar. You know, Rochelle, she just didn't reserve. She she didn't deserve that, you know. Even though we had all the arguments and things, she still is my wife. And I love her. I prayed about the situation and vowed not to mess with Jay anymore, you know. As a matter of fact, I, I made up in my mind that I was going to tell her the truth because I don't want to lead her on anymore, you know. She just ain't cool. There's a narrative that men cheat off opportunity and and women cheat off of emotion. But regardless of the reasoning, there is no valid reason to cheat on someone. Most men view it as just a temporary thing to satisfy a physical urge. And most women view it as a means to get their quote unquote leg back meaning to return the hurt that their man has given them. But to be clear, people, both men and women, they both cheat because they want to and know it's not okay. At this time, I miss my kids so much and that I finally convinced Nisha to let them, you know, come stay with me and and, and life felt complete, you know, having them with me. Even though it was only for the summer, I still felt good having my kids. That is until I decided to go out one night with the guys and came home about 1 a.m. And yeah, I got into another argument with Rochelle. She screamed at me as I walked in, Do you know what time it is, Reggie? Where you been? I responded, what do you mean, Rochelle? I told you I was stepping out with the guys for a minute. It's only one o'clock. Why are you yelling? Why are you tripping? Ain't the kid asleep? She responded, I'm not yelling, Reggie, but you didn't see me calling you all those times. I mean, how you just going to be gone all night with your kids being here? How inconsiderate is that? I took a deep breath. 
baby, please. I do not feel like that tonight. My phone had died, and I just left it on the car charger. I didn't even see your call. I'm sleepy. Can we just go in the room, please? It's too late for this. She responded, no, hell no. You ain't coming in here just like that. Since you want to stay out all night and ignore my phone calls, you can go sleep on the couch. Rochelle, look, now, goddammit, shit, I'm not about to play with you tonight. Let me in this room. As I stood behind the door, trying to force my way in, she tried to keep it closed, and I ended up pushing the door, slamming it into the wall, creating a big hole. Oh, she was pissed now. You see what you did? I will not take you being all violent and aggressive, Reggie. You can get out, and you can get out now, she screamed. I looked at her and responded, what? You crazy as hell. I ain't going nowhere. My kids is here. She responded, well, I don't know what to tell you, but I'm not about to have that in my house. So I don't know what to tell you, but you got to get out. You know what? Fuck it then. We gone. I packed my stuff, woke up the boys, and we left. The only place I could think of us to go was my Uncle Onis and Aunt Lee house. Me and the boys walked to the train with bags and luggage in our hands at about 2 a.m. in the morning. And the shame I felt as a father could, could never be more loyal. Both Reggie Jr. and Zion were quiet, but Israel was the one to finally break the ice and speak. He said, did you and Rochelle have a fight and that's why she made us leave? As we, sit, as we sat on that train preparing to get off the train on 95th and the Dan Ryan exit, all three of the boys looked at me waiting for a response. I simply looked at him and said, listen, boys, I'm sorry I had to wake you up and put you through this, but I promise you I won't put y'all through this again. We are almost at the place where y'all can go back and sleep and everything will be okay. Yeah, and tears started to form in my eyes, you know, after saying this because I had to stay strong. My kids deserve a better dad than this. This would be the second time I put them in a situation like this. And I mean, the first time was with Jay, you know. Yeah, me and her got into it because she thought I was sleeping with another woman. And it was all so embarrassing and shameful. I just wanted to get my boys to a safe place so they could sleep, and I'll worry about the next move after that. Eventually, a couple of days at my aunt and uncle's house, and me and Rochelle talked. We both apologized, and the boys and I came back to her house. My kids would be leaving back home soon after the summer, so I didn't want them to tell their mom what's been going on, so I just... Kept everything peaceful until they left, but after they did, my in my gut, as much as I love Rochelle, I knew we would bump heads again. We just couldn't get on the same page about important things. I mean, she's my wife and I love her. I just I just want to get through this rough stage. All right, guys, that is seven and eight. We're gonna take a break. We're gonna uh we're gonna sign off, but we I'm gonna talk about all this stuff, man. Uh crazy, right? Trust me, I know. We're gonna be right back. Well, my good friends, good people, good listeners, uh Chapter 7 and 8 was um, different, right? <clears throat> it was different in the aspect because, you know, I'm being vulnerable and I am exposing what I've been through and what I did. You know, my marriage, um, getting married with Rochelle and uh, introducing Jay into the situation was tough to admit. You know, um, just our encounter and even the things about me being homeless and me struggling. And, um, you know, my selfish acts of only caring about me. Um, 
mostly about, you know, um, the things I've did. It's kind of hard to admit, you know, because we all did stuff in the past that we regret, man. But I definitely regret that and how I handled that situation. And you'll read as we continue on next episode with uh, 9 and 10 how deeper it even gets because it gets way more messier than that. And I had to get ready to tell you guys that part of the story too, man. But, um, you know, I, the reason I'm doing these series to explain these uh, chapters in the book is because I want to, I want the truth become the truth come from my mouth. You know, I want you to hear it from me. And, um, if when I'm long and gone, these shows will still be relevant and prevalent here. Uh, and I get to tell a story from my lips, you know, nobody else to tell my story but me. That's the biggest reason why I want to do this because, you know, oftentimes, you know, people, there's rumors about people and the streets, the society tells your story without you telling them. And I want to take control of my story and tell the story how it's supposed to be told from my lips. So that's why I'm doing this, man. But regardless, I appreciate you guys tuning in, man, and listening to my craziness. Uh, like I said, man, it was a good show, man. I, I value everybody that has great inputs. So I'm sure we're hearing from you people as well, you know. So shout out to everybody. Like, it's a whole bunch of people to even list off. So I'm not even going to do it. But I just want to tell you all I love y'all. Thank you for subscribing. The subscriptions have been going up. It seems like every uh, other day. Uh, the views have been going up, man. So uh, that's always a good thing. I appreciate you guys rocking me. We do anything in the world, but you chose to press play, and that means a lot. So what can I say? Tune in to next week as we um, talk about chapter eight and nine. Um, thinking of box, thinking outside the box. Us also airing next Tuesday night. Be sure you follow me on Reggie Move Forward on Facebook as we go live and talk about great topics on that show as well. Bars and Buckets will air this Thursday. Uh, also, like I said, it's on YouTube, Bars and Buckets as well. Instagram, Bars and Buckets. Uh, like I said, I do a lot of different things, man. I'm going to be traveling soon and doing some voiceover work. Um, but look, it's all love, man. I. I appreciate you guys. I love you guys. It's only the beginning, man. <laughs> Until the next time, we are NAS, SOC, IET, Y, NAS. <laughs>